Today on Locked on Ducks, an update on Jay Bowmeister, and it is Thursday, it is Goals Day. All of this on today's Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings to everyone. How are y'all doing? This is Locked on Anaheim Ducks, your daily podcast covering the OC's hockey team. And don't forget, you'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday. It is Thursday, and as we do every Thursday, it is a goals podcast, except for the first portion of the podcast, because we're going to have an update on Jay Bomeister. But first, I want to remind you that you can hear this show or any of the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And also, be sure to subscribe and check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. So, as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, Tuesday night's game was postponed because of the scary, scary situation at the Ponda regarding the St. Louis Blues' Jay Bomeister, who collapsed on the bench after suffering a cardiac event. As mentioned yesterday, there was a press conference at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in Las Vegas, and this was where the St. Louis Blues general manager, Doug Armstrong, held a press conference. And here's some of what he had to say. Quote, Jay Bomeister is doing very well at the UC Irvine Medical Center in Anaheim and is undergoing a battery of tests to determine the how and why of what happened last night. Things are looking very positive. End quote. Uh, here's more from that press conference. Quote, we would like to thank head athletic trainer Ray Bear Barrel and his staff, plus the Ducks medical staff, including both the trainers and the physicians for their quick response. There's never a good time for something like this to take place but there could not have been a better location than the Honda Center. Thanks to everyone at Honda Center for their life-saving efforts. It's a testament to the NHL Players Association and the NHL that make sure the teams do all the proper work behind the scenes to have the people in the right spots to help the guys if anything happens. End quote. Uh, A couple things to take away from here. First, the fact that you had the defibrillator right there and As is the case for every NHL arena, there must be a defibrillator both in the home bench and if you're the visiting team, it has to be no further away than the locker room. So there are two AED devices that are always close by just in case of an event that like that happened on Tuesday. It's important to note that Boomister was awake. He was alert. Uh, He was able to get a visit from the Blues captain, Alex Petrangelo. And he's awake. He's talking to teammates. Um, The team decided to stay behind Wednesday morning. They took a flight out to Vegas. They are playing the Golden Knights tonight. And something to remember, this was the dad's visit to the Honda Center. And while at the time it seemed like it was a worse thing, upon further reflection, maybe that's a good thing because for Jay to have his dad there, you know, have his dad calm him down and take all those phone calls from relatives. You know, it was good for Jay Bomeister to have his dad there just to help comfort him, to just be there for him in a very scary situation. Um, as far as the game itself, it has been postponed. They are going to make it up at a later date. Uh, still no word on when that will be. In fact, both the Blues and the Ducks may have to move a couple of games around in order for that to work. Um, It had been rumored 
don't take this with a grain of salt, but there's a rumor that the only way this game would be played is late in the season if playoff seedings were to come into play. It's a long shot that the Ducks will make the playoffs this year, but St. Louis is only one point up in their division, so it is very possible that this could have very important playoff implications for the St. Louis Blues later down the line. So while it is still a possibility that this game will be, will be played in April, um, we could still see this played in March, so we'll just have to you know, keep our eyes and ears open for that notification as to when the Blues and Ducks will play the rest of this game. When the game resumes, if they play it, it will show a 1-1 to score and they will play a full 60-minute hockey game. Obviously, the Blues will have to have a different lineup. Uh, they'll have to anticipate that Jay Bomeister will not be there. It is mid-February. There's only a month and a half left in the regular season. So you would expect that the Blues would have a different lineup for the latter 60 minutes for this postponed game. Uh, an update this morning, Jay Bomeister remains at UC Irvine. Uh, they're still undergoing tests to figure out what exactly is going on. Um, he's still in good spirits, according to um, Alex Petrangelo. And the players do feel a lot better knowing that they've had the chance to talk to him. And, you know, Jay Bomeister is a very positive guy. The fact that he was up and awake and talking to players, that is nothing but a good sign. But the main question is, you know, what caused this? Is this going to be career-ending, career-threatening? You know, how is this going to impact the rest of his life? So they have to do these tests, and they have to see what exactly is going on. Is it an irregular heartbeat, like the Rich Peverly case? Is it something more, like the Craig Cunningham case? Or was it just some kind of cardiac event that was, you know, pretty scary, like the Yuri Fisher incident from back in 2005? You know, there's many, many rumors out there as to what this could have been. Um, I'm no medical expert on this. I'm not going to report on anything on anything. I'm just going to say what is already out there that he did have a cardiac event and that's all we know for now. Um, we also know that as I mentioned yesterday, they did use hands only CPR and they did in fact use the defibrillator where he regained consciousness. He was unresponsive. He lost consciousness for a brief period of time. That's something that we cannot forget. This was a very, very serious situation in Anaheim. It did spook a lot of fans at the Ponda. Um, because because it happened right there on the bench and fans could see the chest compressions being dealt, yes, it was very scary. And for some people at the Pond, it was a very traumatic experience. But we are very glad to hear that J. Bomeister is doing relatively well. And things are looking positive. He's talking to people, trying to keep up a great attitude. So we're just going to keep praying for Jay Bomeister and the Bomeister family. And to all the St. Louis Blues players fans, you know, we wish him very well. Wish him a speedy recovery. You know, Ducks and Blues fans, they're coming together so wonderfully. Because as I said, we are all one big hockey family. And we want to make sure that all the players in the NHL, all the players, that they're okay. That's paramount in this scary situation. 
After the first intermission, we're going to get back to our regular Thursday show, and we're going to talk about the San Diego Goals. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks. Before we get into the goals portion of the show, I just want to say to all the Blues fans out there, you guys have been awesome. Seeing all the fan bases come together is truly a remarkable thing. Nothing but good. So once again, thank you to all the fans that have been very supportive of this. And something that I didn't mention enough, big, big thanks to the team doctors of the Anaheim Ducks that responded as quickly as they did The Ducks stepped up. The Ducks medical staff stepped up big time in the most crucial of situations, and they should absolutely be thanked. I'm hopeful that before tonight's game at the Pond, that they will have a chance to thank the doctors for their quick actions, for really doing an admirably perfect job as far as getting someone there, responding that quickly. It took less than a minute you know, 15 to 20 seconds for someone to get there, for someone to act as fast as they did, getting him to the hospital and making sure he's safe and alive and relatively well. So once again, big ups to the fans, but major ups to the team doctors. Job well done. We salute you. Folks, we're going to keep this a rather short show today. This is still going to be locked on goals. We're going to talk about the game that happened last Friday, February 7th, against the Tucson Roadrunners, a team which had first place in the division standings. Uh, Although Tucson got off to a very fast start early on, they scored two early goals in the first and outshot San Diego 15-5, a very slow start, and San Diego had to come back, and come back they did because in the second period, the goals had many more high-danger chances. They scored three times in that second period to put them up 3-2. to two. There were goals from Chase DeLeo, Justin Cluse, and a power play goal from Sam Carrick. But the third period is where things really picked up. The hitting was much harder. The shots were much closer. Uh, Michael Bunting got the game-tying goal only a minute into the third period to tie it up at three goals apiece. But then, on a Jalen Smerick high-sticking penalty... Chris Mueller got his 15th goal of the season, a very nice power play goal to put San Diego up 4-3. And with about a minute left, Isaac Lundstrom got an empty netter to seal it for San Diego to give them the victory 5-3 and at the time, their sixth consecutive game with a point. So for the prior six games, they were 4-0-2. And that would put us into Sunday's game, which was against the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, Bakersfield came in after, well, just to put it mildly, the previous game for the Bakersfield Condors last Wednesday featured a massive fight between Brandon Manning and Boko Imama. And if you guys have heard of this, um, about a month ago, Brandon Manning let a racial slur, or many, out of his mouth in the direction of Boko Imama. So Brandon Manning was suspended until the game before this one, where Brandon Manning, just to put it mildly, got the crap beaten out of him. Manning did play this game. It was a game at Pachanga Arena. And I got to give credit to goals fans. Some of the fans that were there, they did boo Brandon Manning as well. They should. I mean, once again, there is no place for racism in hockey. It's just not something that should be present. On this game, it would be Stuart Skinner versus Anthony Stolarz. 
And right at the get-go, you know, Anthony Stolarz, he had some very acrobatic saves early on. In fact, one with about 15 minutes left, he had one where he pretty much did the splits. With 13.24 left in the first period, Simone Benoit and Anthony Peluso each got matching holding penalties. And somehow they just held each other and the ref said, you know what, you're both going. Uh, Two minutes later, Daniel Sprong tried a between-the-legs highlight shot, but he didn't get all of it. In fact, if he elevates that shot and tries to go top corner, that would have gone in and that would have been the highlight goal of the year, but that was not the case. Finally, with 4.16 left in the first period... Chase DeLeo saved the puck from going into the neutral zone and zipped the puck right to Chris Mueller, who scores his 16th goal of the season. Uh, the puck grazed the blue line, but it never left the offensive zone. So credit to Chase DeLeo for saving the puck and Chris Mueller for having the foresight to see the puck right by the net, picked up a loose change, and got his 16th of the season to put the goals up one to nothing. And shots on goal in that first period were San Diego 12, Bakersfield 8. Going into the second period, Anthony Peluso got an interference penalty as he cross-checked Yanni Hockenpah into a Bakersfield player. Initially, it was thought that Hockenpah would get the penalty because he knocked down a Condors player. But on further replay, Peluso did in fact get the interference call. He pushed Hockenpah, who then pushed into the Bakersfield player. So that created a power play chance for the San Diego goals. And it was a very excellent power play chance. Uh, But Blake Piedela hit the post, so it remained a 1-0 lead. However, just a minute after that post shot, the goals scored a goal with Jack Kapaka absolutely undressing, completely undressing Brandon Manning, going toward the net, then passed it to a wide-open Alex Broadhurst. That's one of the prettiest goals you will ever see. And the goals fans let... Brandon Manning know it. You know, the fa- the fans were just relentless towards Manning throughout the whole game. Again, well-deserved. And to see Brandon Manning just pretty much get his ankles broken, that brought great joy. So anyway, Broadhurst got his sixth of the season. That put San Diego up 2-0. Then with 9.35 left in the second period, the goals just kept on coming. Uh, goal number three for the game came off a bounce from the backboard. Uh, Potts put it right past the goalie, passed it to Blake Pietela, who shot it just past Skinner, but it bounces right to Daniel Sprong, and it went right directly to his stick for the open goal, and that made it 3 nothing San Diego. But wait, there's more. 21 seconds later, Jack Kapaka went bar down, streaking past the Bakersfield's defense. And this is a nice feed from Corey Tropp to set up Kapaka, his second point of the night, to make it 4 nothing San Diego. And that's where the fans really just, you know, they let Skinner have it. They did their whole 1, 2, 3, 4, you suck, loser chant. So it was 4 nothing midway through the game. Perfect screen in front of Anthony Stol Later in the period, a perfect screen in front of Anthony Stolarz resulted in a power play goal for the Bakersfield Condors from Brad Malone to make it 4-1 San Diego. A minute and a half later, Corey Tropp got a delay of game penalty and another PK chance for San Diego. Chase DeLeo, with about a minute 50 left in the period, he stole the puck and almost netted a shorty again. And this puck was stolen from Evan Bouchard. Uh, Bouchard had it you know, right on his stick blade, right on the tip, right along the blue line. And he just lost it. DeLeo 
had a great steal there, great presence of mind to get that steal. And really, it was close. It was that close. It could have been 5-1 easily, but it was still 4-1 after two periods. And on that second period, it was 12-10 shots on goal for Bakersfield for that period. Third period, a minute into the third, Anthony Stolarz took a hard shot from Evan Bouchard on the shoulder and kind of had to flex a bit. And something I want to point out, while everyone talked about Marty Firk's 109 mile per hour shot, Evan Bouchard is no slouch. In fact, on that skills competition, Evan Bouchard had a 103 mile per hour slap shot. So he's no slouch there. A couple minutes later, Simon Benoit took a shot to the leg and had to crawl back to the bench and couldn't put any weight on his left leg. Uh, Benoit did later return. He got a hooking penalty, which resulted in a power play for Bakersfield. Uh, right around that power play, it was not a power play goal, but right around there, Ryan McLeod got his fifth goal of the season on a pass from Brendan Manning to make it 4-2 San Diego, but that would be all the scoring that would happen. San Diego wins the game 4-2. That's their seventh consecutive game with a point, extending that streak, a streak that they hope will continue into this weekend. Coming up this week, the San Diego Goals have four games against four very good opponents, well, two very good opponents. Three of those games are on the road, and I'll quickly go over the calendar. Tomorrow night, that's Friday, February 14th, it's a 5 o'clock Pacific start. The San Diego Goals take on the Iowa Wild. Iowa is up there in the standings, and then they play the same Iowa Wilds team Saturday night. That's a 6 o'clock local start, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Iowa is a very good team. In fact, Iowa you know, beat San Diego at Pechanga Arena earlier this season. Iowa is second in the Central Division in their standings. They are 31-14-6. They have a better record than almost everyone in the Western Conference, with the exception of the Milwaukee Admirals, who by far have the best record in the American Hockey League. They are 34-9-7. Milwaukee is the hands-down favorites to make number one seed throughout the playoffs. Right now, they have a save percentage of 750. They are led by Ingram, their fantastic goalie, who really showcased his talent at the AHL All-Star Weekend a couple weeks ago. So look for San Diego to try to at least get a couple points out against Iowa. The two teams did split victories earlier this season on the first week of 2020. Iowa did beat San Diego 3-2, to but then San Diego came back and beat the Wild 4-3, to uh, two nights later at Pachanga Arena. And it would not be bad if San Diego could get two points out of that Iowa swing. Then, two days later, this is a President's Day matchup, a one o'clock start. The goals take on the Stockton Heat at Stockton Arena. Once again, that's a 1 p.m. start on Monday, February 17th. Then the goals return home next Wednesday, that is Wednesday, February 19th, against the same Stockton Heat. So two games against Iowa, two games against Stockton. Both teams are ahead of San Diego in the standings. This could be a make-or-break stretch for the goals, who are currently on the outside looking in, but barely. It's going to be a dogfight between the Ontario Reign and the San Diego goals for that fourth and final playoff spot in the Pacific Division. So once again, Friday at 4 p.m. No, Friday at 5 p.m., Saturday 4 p.m., 
Monday at 1 p.m., and then Wednesday night back at Pechanga at 7 p.m. So those are the upcoming games for the San Diego Goals. And look for Anthony Stolarz to most likely start the majority of those games. I know they're riding him a lot this season, but Stolarz has been big for the goals this season. So they will likely look to him on probably three of those games on the upcoming trip. And with that, I want to say thank you all very much for listening to Locked on Anaheim Ducks. You can hear this podcast or any of the previous shows via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, you can follow Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And once again, I want to thank you all for listening. And once again, let's just continue sending our good thoughts and prayers to the Bowmeister family as he recovers from the cardiac episode here in Anaheim a couple of nights ago. With that said, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day, have fun at the pond tonight, and stay strong, St. Louis. We're all with you.